Salutations. Okay, let's bring this meeting to order. Grab your coffee and scone. Let's get this thing started. <laughs> Welcome. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 42. And my name is Chris Latori. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you have a chuckle or two and a good time and enjoy listening to some comic book fun. That's what it's all about. Thank you to all of those who have entered into our contest. We are giving away a mystery box, comic book mystery box to be more specific, valued at probably a hundred bucks when it's all said and done with just a bunch of comic book fun stuff in there. And if you'd like a chance to win, just go to Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow us at Sunspots Comics, and then just go to iTunes, give us a five-star review with a little positive review blurb, and that's all you got to do. You're automatically win- entered into win. The winner will be announced on May the 4th, so may the 4th be with you. May the 4th, 4th be with you. <laughs> Good luck, and I hope you win. So uh, some announcements before we begin the show quickly. Long Beach Comic Expo was this weekend, and it was an absolute blast. Thank you to Michael Norris for going, and Justin Latori. Uh, he is uh, also doing our blog here at Sunspots Comics, my son. So check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. But thank you, two guys, for going with me and jumping into the nerd fortress and just having a great time. It was a lot of fun. And I have to tell you, this particular con was was really super nice. It was smaller. It was it was laid back, a little more a low key kind of feeling. The attendance was uh, decent. It wasn't. Uh, all the lines were short for everything. It was just a whole lot of fun. It wasn't super expensive. Parking was was reasonable. Ten bucks, five bucks the second day. I just drove out a little further, and I tell you, it was it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. It was very comic book centric, which which means a lot to me. And I got to see some friends, some people I knew, some artists that I, I'm just uh, I, I love and adore. And uh, please check out uh, some of the pictures I've shared. On uh, at Sunspots Comics on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, you'll see some of the stuff that uh, that I really enjoyed and had a ball and and actually stayed within my budget this time because I have to give myself kind of a, a goal budget going in or just madness ensues and credit card companies are calling, etc. So <laughs> I, I kept it within reason and still had a, a blast. So I have to give them a positive shout out to Long Beach Comic Expo. Whole lot of fun and. Uh, also, uh, just a quick Zombie Destroyers announcement. Not a whole lot of massive change uh, in the last uh, since last week. Um, Jordan is finished with his final inks of page four and five of Zombie Destroyers, our comic book that we're working on. And I'm actually uh, actually he's done with three and four. I'm just finishing the fine tuning of page five before he goes on vacation. So have a fun vacation, Jordan, and please check out the artist on Zombie Destroyers, the comic book that I'm writing. His uh, Instagram is Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art check him out his artwork is fantastic so we hope to release our comic book in the very near future zombie destroyers check out our website too zombiedestroyers.com but uh, with all that uh, announcements out of the way let's jump right into podcast 42 so away we go and uh, right off the bat I actually have three comic book feel-good factoid freebies and these are just little articles of just some warm and fuzzy feeling articles about comic books and usually they're of a positive nature uh, things that are just happening within in the world of comic books maybe they're just a little off the beaten path too I like to find stuff that's maybe not the major headlines but here's three the first uh, comes from comicbook.com actually I rarely use them because I got a lot of pop-ups but comicbook.com gave some details about another sort of relaunching rebooting rebirthing 
of DC Comics, the publisher, the major, one of the major two. And if you've read about it, I just thought I'd give a little, just a quick uh, snapshot of what the rebirth means. They finally came out with an official announcement. Uh, first and foremost, they will be going back to number ones on a lot of titles, but some titles will actually go back to their original number, which is kind of nice because they, I think, want to have a celebratory 1,000th issue on a couple of things. So action comics and detective comics are going back to their 900, whatever they were, uh, title number, which is kind of cool because it, it gets a little much when every week there's a new number one coming out. So I thought that was nice. The big news, they're reducing their price from $3.99 back to $2.99 in a, not necessarily an, an apology of sorts, but in a way saying they know their comics are not worth that amount and they want to be reasonable to fans to sort of earn their trust again. I thought, that's great. You know, good for them. They're, they know their market share has dwindled um, in the many last months and they want to get some of that market share back. So, they're also coming out with uh, Jeff Johns, the writer. He is going to be doing an 80-page sort of introduction one-shot comic to the new DC universe. So that's going to be interesting to see what, what if they're going to what, what continuities are they going to to pick up with? Where are they going to run from there? Most of them will be starting from number ones. There's a lot of titles they're dropping. DC is uh, expanding on a few titles. So interesting again. Um, not a new 52 like they did uh, whatever that was I think a few years ago now which is crazy it seems like yesterday but it has that same feel so I definitely am going in with with caution uh, and I think everyone should it, there's a lot of titles from that company so they're gonna have to earn our money and I, I think that's a good position for a big billion dollar conglomerate as DC Comics uh, a good position for them to be in a humbling moment to maybe make that little extra step into making us comic book fans happy. And I wonder what they're going to do digitally, although I don't really care, but it will the $2.99 price point affect how they do things digitally as well? Maybe they're going to try to capture some of that market that really doesn't do very well compared to paper comics, which, yay, makes me happy. But that's my first. Second comic book feel-good factoid freebie is, uh, it was actually, I saw this, um, uh, Patsy works for a hospital, and I... I have and uh, my Google News just hospital tagged for, for news and this one popped up that made me happy it actually said I think it was from comicbook.com or something else but the title says Marvel sending Guardians of the Galaxy comic books to children's hospitals so very cool it's like a unique you can actually get it for free digitally but there's gonna be 450 hospitals across across the country that are going to get this unique number one of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy to kids that that is just kind of a positive in nature I did kind of check it out digitally but uh, you can anyone can stop by hospitals when this promotion begins which they don't have a date for it as of yet but very soon 450 hospitals across the United States will get free Guardians of the Galaxy book uh, Guardians of the Galaxy comic books very cool they're gonna try to give to kids and just spread a little comic book love and and share this this beautiful art medium to the kids and while they're ailing and maybe put a little smile on their face so that made me happy I, I was like very cool uh, to Marvel to dish out uh, some some free comics to kids so very nice the third comic book feel-good factoid freebie comes from darkhorsecomics.com just an announcement that they are celebrating their 30th anniversary and they're actually going to have June 4th Saturday June 4th as Dark Horse Comics Day the anniversary celebration is going to take place in all local comic book shops so talk to your local comic book shop owners and see what they got planned for Dark Horse Comic Book Day coming up on June 4th 
and I'm sure they're gonna have promotional materials and free comic books and that are gonna be given out oh there's uh, information here about a 40 page comic book sampler they're gonna give out for free so just fun stuff they're making it that uh, June 4th probably trying to j join the bandwagon with the uh, May comic book free comic book day but it's smart give out some free stuff get people interested get people talking and you know my advice to you Dark Horse Comics is uh, is dish it out to the folks get get uh, some free stuff to give out it'll it'll pay off in the long run uh, because Dark Horse in my opinion has just been getting better and better year after year so I'm uh, on board with that so June 4th I'll be probably stopping by three or four local comp shops to see what they're handing out or what promotions they have so uh, that's the that's the third and final comic book feel-good factoid for you. I hope you like those articles and of course I will share them on all the social media so that you can see them in full detail so check out at Sunspots Comics very soon and the last one actually is I'm gonna take a little a little glimpse a little dip into the world of artificial intelligence that's right it's been a little while but this headline just absolutely made me laugh from techinsider.com titled Facebook is teaching its artificial intelligence program to read Alice in Wonderland and it has amazing potential for the future <laughs> it does have they not seen Alice in Wonderland <laughs> and right in the uh, beginning of this article it says uh, Facebook Facebook's team is trying to improve its AI's language capability by by the artificial intelligence software uh, listening and reading Alice in Wonderland I mean don't they understand the psychedelic sort of, of trippiness of Alice in Wonderland as a story in whole in a whole like the the cat talking and smoking and it just goes on and on and on and on but uh, what kind of uh, what do they want to do with their artificial intelligence like create some sort of psychedelic tripped out robots or something I just thought the headline alone was enough to just make me chuckle so there you go that's the uh, that's the, the glimpse in the art where are they going with this I don't know that's the glimpse into artificial intelligence this week there you go hope you enjoyed that <laughs> so uh, now let's uh, jump into my favorite part of the podcast which is of course my reviews of comic books and I like to read anywhere from 10 to 20 comic books a week uh, new comic book days are always on Wednesday. I'm sure you already know that. Um, this one is uh, the for for February 17th. I actually grabbed altogether 15 comic books, and there were six that made the top pick. So didn't quite hit that 50% mark that I was I was actually hoping for. So uh, it was an okay week, but it was a very fun week. Very sort of happy, positive, brightly lit week of the uh, of comics for my favorite picks anyway. And you should buy these at a local comic book shop. Please uh, support your local comic book shop. Buy these recommendations. You can see my entire list of everything I pulled, called the pull list, on sunspotscomics.com. And you can see the picks of the week and all my favorite picks of the week for all my past weeks, going all the way to May of last year. Just click on where it says favorites of the week on sunspotscomics.com. And of course, spoiler alert. I do read these comics. I try not to give away everything, but... I do sometimes spoil them, so there is your spoiler alert warning. So let's jump in, and again, uh, six made it to the top picks. Oh, and quick, quick little mention, art cover winner this week was Alex Ross. I mean, Alex Ross, he did Amazing Spider-Man number eight, and it's just gorgeous. It has Peter Parker getting ready to 
dress into Spider-Man and the spider car is smashing through a building coming after him. It's just, it's blue and black and red and gorgeous and iconic and just as everything Alex Ross does, absolutely fantastically beautiful and you should see that. And also the art winner was also Amazing Spider-Man number eight, Matteo Buffagni, B-U-F-F-A-G-N-I. Sorry if I mispronounced that, Matteo. And his art is beautiful. It's uh, gorgeous, very polished. The art style is a little darker than normal, but it is set at night. And just the dark blues and the way Mr. Negative looks, which of course is that very sort of negatively flipped uh, whites and blacks, gorgeous. And it just really, the contrast of it stands out. So very well done. Uh, fantastic art winner of the week from Matteo Bafagni. Bafagni. Bafagni? Probably. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. And number ones, there were only two. Well, one and a half. Uh, I always like to highlight the new number ones of the week because there's a little extra hope, of course, attached to all those new number ones and being there from when something just gets started, just begins. That hope of being on that ride from the very beginning. This week had two. Power Man and Iron Fist number one sort of barely counts. So we haven't seen a Power Man and Iron Fist comic in many years. And that was a number one. Which that actually made it to the top six, so I'll be talking about that here in a second. And one that didn't was called Snowfall, so that unfortunately fell off the top six. So it didn't make it, but those are the two brand new number ones this week. So let's get it started and jump right into my number six of the week was Silver Surfer from Marvel Comics. From writer Dan Slott, who's doing Amazing Spider-Man, which uh, is coming up next. And the art by the Allreds, and they are amazing married duo of Michael and Laura Allred. And this, to me, has that classic art style of like the 60s, just very clean lines, very simple look to it. Colors are very vibrant and bright. This, this um, latest inclination of Silver Surfer uh, is adding sort of a love triangle element to it, whereas the his uh, girlfriend is becoming jealous because they visit an ex-girlfriend. Don Greenwood is the current girlfriend, and they visit an ex-girlfriend. And there's just sort of an awkward moment there, and he's very sort of mysterious and quiet, and he reveals himself a little to the ex. And that, of course, just kind of pisses Don off, like, of course it would. But there is a little bit of a lull here as their things are settling into how things are on Earth, and Norrin Rad's a little bored by that. He's kind of restless, he's sitting in a room sort of staring at the ceiling. He talks about, oh great, we're having seared pig again. You know, and and the <laughs> bird embryos. <laughs> Bacon and eggs. And he's just like, just sort of bored with the mundane day-to-day -day life, so... Don's like, okay, well, let's have a little adventure. Let's see some of America and the world. And they just go off on this little adventure. This, They hop on the magic carpet, if you will, and <laughs> uh, Jasmine and Aladdin take a little trip uh, to see the world. <laughs> and it's 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 a little romantic, and it's a, it, it's a nice little fresh sort of look at uh, super <laughs> dating a superhero. And uh, sure, a little ridiculous, but I enjoyed it. And... You can't help but just stare at every time they draw the Silver Surfer. It's just gorgeous, the the way the uh, the silver looks. It just has a liquid, fluid feel, as it should. And then the aliens are back. So, just as you thought, 
oh, we're all warm and cuzzy and things are all hunky-dory. Yeah, the aliens are back. And so Dave has to come up with a plan. And there is a visitor here from his past, because they have a flashback at the beginning, which was well done to give you that little deeper understanding of, of Silver Surfer, because he is very mysterious, very quiet, doesn't talk very much. So good job from Dan Slott to kind of break open Silver Surfer a little and explain a little bit about him and showing this flashback and of course it ties into the very end that's all I'm going to say to you so nice job of tying that in and having that little love triangle and it was uh it's just a fun ride and I'm, I'm in can't remember the last time where I really enjoyed uh, this much anyway a Silver Surfer comics that's why it made number six number five is Amazing Spider-Man number eight so again this was the art cover winner by Alex Ross and the art winner this week from Matteo Bafagni and this was just a whole lot of fun. This had nostalgic elements to it feel because you had, you have the characters in it, Cloak and Dagger. I just remember that, reading it in the 80s, them together, the three of them made a great team. Well, Cloak and Dagger is, they're under the mind control of Mr. Negative. And Mr. Negative is trying to, they're in China. And I love the fact that Peter Parker is still this billionaire and still this, this country... He just flies around, goes to various countries in various spider mobiles, uh, just trying to keep Parker Industries afloat. And there's a mole that's trying to do their best to destroy Parker Industries. So he's got sort of three or four things going on here at once, which I thought was was well written from Dan Slott. And it, uh, it <laughs> starts out with there is a moment where he's in a lab. Of course, Spider-Man's always got to keep the latest tech, and he's trying to find a way to imbue his spider tracers with an antidote to Mr. Negative's mind control powers, which is very cool. I love it when they when they spend a little time in the spider tech, so very good writing there, Dan Slot makes it interesting and fun. And there's just a lot of well-written, very funny moments in this. One little joke in it is when he, he comes, of course, Spider-Man bursts onto the scene and Mr. Negative says, it's a trap. And Spider-Man actually says, that is the worst Admiral Akbar ever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Marvel owns Star Wars. So just a lot of fun. Just an interesting take. Beautifully drawn. You have to see Spider-Man in the new outfit with the glowing neon. The Spider-Mobile, the Spider-Car, whatever you call it, whatever you want to call it, is very cool looking. As it's flying down a building, it, it'll even protect people and wrap its spider arms around you it's just very visually very cool and stunning and i'm having a, just a blast reading it It was another very fun it seems like again like i said this week's sort of theme is fun in all the comics so very very well done thank you very much that's why it's my number five number four is power man and iron fist from marvel comics and the team on this is david walker the writer sanford green on art and Sanford Green has a very kind of quirky, sort of anime feel art style to it, and it really works for me. And if you love Lethal Weapon, you love buddy cop movies, or uh, just uh, two friends on a road trip, that has this sort of feel to it. it I definitely got like a Lethal Weapon vibe. Riggs! <laughs> if you know what that is. Um, but this shows Luke Cage as sort of the mature adult here, with Jessica Jones as his wife and they have a, a, a child and she, Jessica really doesn't want Luke and Iron Fist to team up. She really doesn't want uh, Danny to, to be back in their lives but it looks like it's happening. They first have to spend some time or 
or anyway Iron Fist does, trying to convince Luke Cage to be there when their friend Jenny Royce, who used to be their manager, their office manager, I'm sure that all went very bad, uh, did some prison time, which they really don't explain as to what, but you don't really need to know the sort of why, but they are, they want to forgive her, they want to be there for her, she's family, you get that, that good sense, the writing style there, explaining that that's the right thing to do, and you get that hero feel from that, so Luke's quickly on board. So I love the emotions that, that the writer is throwing out here, because it, it definitely works. You feel they're they're focusing on the family aspect, they're focusing on the, the lethal weapon buddy cop element, and the humor of the dialogue between them, and the family element, from Luke Cage's family, Jessica Jones and his daughter, to they have to do the right thing for for their manager that's coming out of prison. And you get to see Tombstone in this. They they ultimately, when she comes out of jail, the first thing that she she does is ask them for a favor. This Jenny Royce, uh, Iron Iron Fist, and, and Power Man to to find this necklace that belonged to her grandmother. So it seemed innocent enough the way that it's delicately written here, and that uh, just comes to smack them in the face without giving away everything as to what happens there. But I like all of it. I like the dichotomy of their relationship. I like that they are doing this for Jenny for the right reasons. It, it has very quippy comedy written into it. I enjoy the whole thing. And like I said, if you like Lethal Weapon, get this. That's why it's my number four. The number one issue of Power Man and Iron Fist from Marvel Comics. So top three now. Now we're getting into the meat and potatoes. The good, the good, the better, the best. <laughs> However you want to term it. But number three from... Image Comics is Starve, number six. I recently bought one and two for my sister, who is in the food biz, and I hope she read it. So I'd love to hear her report. But this is a this is a comic book about the future's not so good. The sort of number one TV show is the TV show called Starve, that is like your like an Iron Chef show where chefs compete against each other. And this character is a not very likable character at the beginning, and I love that. We really see a journey here. Uh, by the way, team of Brian Wood, who is a fantastic, wonderful writer. Uh, art by Danagel Zezajez. <laughs> I just love that name. Uh, and this also gives us a little different world to look at. You've been seeing them in a heavy, dense city populated, city pop, some city, I don't really know where it is, highly populated city. This sort of takes a turn into the ocean, and they show them on a boat, and the next part of the contest is crab. So, of course, this comic will make you hungry. It successfully does that every single time. Even though it's this dark, sort of brooding, kind of noir feel, it definitely makes you hungry. And they're making, like, crab wontons or crab dumplings. They just look amazing. So he keeps continually winning this contest, where at the same time, the writer has made this a journey of this character in showing how he comes from the not very likable person and he is sort of in denial of his flaws and his drug addiction and his alcohol and his sort of sexual voyeurism to where uh, he's trying to do right by his daughter that he rarely spends time with. He's trying to do right by his ex-wife that's a mean and nasty person who at the end of last issue, by the way, stabbed him in the chest, yet he has a humbling moment here and forgives her. 
and even gives away their divorce was never finalized because she was crazy super greedy he just sort of gives her everything he just like wants to walk away wants to forgive her and says that he's sorry and you genuinely feel that Brian Wood does a great job of making that moment of apology and when they're sitting in this awkward law office working out their divorce he he makes it very humbling and revealing and and calm because our our main character Gavin Krushak just gives away the farm and just says I just want you to be happy in your life and I forgive you and for stabbing me and I just want to be a part of our daughter's life and he knows he has to give up uh, the the bank to do it but he does it and it's a, it's a you really actually feel like it's a real sort of a real sort of positive emotional journey this character has and that's why I love it you have to definitely pick up Starve if you haven't already been reading it that's why it's my number three pick of the week and the number two is I'm already laughing it's I hate fairyland issue number five it's kind of the end of an arc from image comics from Scotty Young with help from Jean-Francois Bellieu <laughs> I'm so sorry to everyone that's French um but this is I think a deep look into the psyche of Scotty Young and how he ultimately sort of hates Alice in Wonderland and stories sort of like that. <laughs> I know they'll probably never admit it. Or his love for it in a love-hate kind of way. In that he has this story of a young girl that's trapped in Fairyland that doesn't actually grow, but, but she spends about 30 years in Fairyland and just ends up absolutely hating it. I think she maybe hated it from the get-go. She maybe only... If she liked it, it was like only from the first few 10 seconds of looking at Fairyland. But I'd say what what's nice about this is that that contrasting super sweet versus the you know mean and nasty. So the arch enemy's name is Happy, <laughs> and uh, perfectly named because she fires rainbows and she's nothing but sweet and adorable and gorgeous with the big sort of anime eyes and the and the glistening cheeks and yeah our our main character just uh, wants to destroy her every second that she can and I, I can't even remember our main character's name but uh, my goodness is she angry and want to kill and maim and destroy and blow the brains out of everything in fairyland which equates to a very good time it's hilarious uh, it's the language style from how they don't swear and she says like mother fluffin it's it's also nicely timed and not over the top and even the <laughs> happy character always using bye byesies <laughs> and just this sickly adorably sweet but you do want to have our main character destroyer because you have to build a good bad guy and they do that with happy that she's just so darn happy that you want to just uh you know fire laser beams out of your eyes <laughs> into her but I, I i love that you can truly feel that this is a labor of love for scotty young and that's the best part of it he's doing what he wants to do it just feels like he has the ability to f just freely express himself with this comic which is just to have a good time and make you laugh i laughed seven to ten point seven times in this and that's that's it's a very accurate number but uh the end is a twist the end of the arc all I can say was we'll definitely keep this going. Read the little paragraph from Scotty Young at the very end. You have to. It uh, 
it encapsulates things pretty well and makes it gives you a good understanding of how this sort of came about and why is the story I hate fairyland here but I'm so glad it is and I don't want this arc to be over I don't want any gap I want to continually reading it I'm just gonna have to go and reread them I hate fairyland is number two of uh, this pick of the week it was very very good and the number one though I know it's been number one a few times and I love it is uh, from image comics Huck number four from Mark Millar and the gorgeous art by Mr. Raphael Albuquerque. And that is a word I just can never spell. I mean, I, I don't know why. It's just I've, I continually have problems with spelling Albuquerque. That's a weird word. Think about it. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. <laughs> but uh, this is my number one because this is a massive, giant, big reveal. Big plot point reveal. It's It really set up so well. I mean, for... Three issues to really set up that we have a Superman-like character with, uh, he's a little maybe more on the simple-minded, Forrest Gump-minded character in a good way. He's, he's sweet and big-hearted and does, like, errands for people and, and does, uh, just finding people and doing errands and helping people out with little favors in this town. And they just love him for it. So it already has your heart from the get-go. And they lead this up into where you are actually introduced to Huck's mother. So we have a flashback scene here. It's definitely the origin of the comic, which is great. Not to start off in number one to do it now. Just makes sense because the way they laid it out. You just fall in love with Huck from one to three. And then now, okay, we'll explain why you love him even more. But the mother is in an evil laboratory being experimented on. And she's pregnant. And she is escaping at all costs. And the... The actual, like, ferocity on her face, the way it's drawn by Raphael Albuquerque, is very clearly emoted here. You can see that she's very much Mama Bear, and we all know what that is. She is going to protect herself at all costs, no matter how many people she has to destroy to escape. And she uh, escapes, and we sort of flash back into current time where Huck's brother's in the picture, just kind of explaining a little bit of uh, how he came to be and telling the story of their mom. And it's it's a sweet brother moment between them. It's it really you can feel them pouring emotion out to each other in just the sort of quiet facial features. Because there's really not a ton of dialogue here. It's it's the story's told by the facial features from the like I said the the mom with that that angry bear look on her face to the two brothers having a moment talking about where they came from and why they're special and why they have powers because they their mother was experimented on this laboratory and when they start on this road trip to find their mom it's an awesome montage road trip two brothers two buddies it's just it's good times he huck has to stop to even let like baby ducks cross the road it's adorable it's sweet but not in a <sighs> kind of way it's just it's heartwarming and it's Americana. It's American pie. It's hard to explain. He just this Scottish man, Mark Millar, really captured, in my opinion, just I don't know the true heart of Americana. It just it feels like a baseball game. I don't know. It just has a a great warm tone to it, and that's why it's number one. It just felt that good. Those quiet moments of dialogue. There's a massive twist in this, folks. That's all I'm going to tell you. Read the uh, the paragraph as well from Stuart Immonen. Uh, who's going to be doing this comic called Impress? I read that great article in the back from him. It's like they, Mark Millar and Stuart Eminem must be buddies, and he puts a blurb about that upcoming Impress. But anyway, fantastic, heartwarming, gut wrenching, 
twist at the end. Big plot point in this. And I don't want to spoil it, but check it out. It is the number one pick. You have to just go grab all the hucks because I know I think they've they've all been on the topics, and I think at least two or three times they've been number ones as well. So fantastic work. Thank you, Image Comics, for releasing Huck. Get it on paper. Support your local comic book shop. Get all of these in paper. You won't be disappointed. And in closing, of course, if you have a recommendation, a comment, uh, please email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com. And if I read your email on the podcast, I will send you a free comic book prize. And uh, maybe you want a personal recommendation. Maybe you want a comic book uh, or any kind of recommendation for that matter. So hit me up. And of course, uh, don't forget to join in and put in your entry for the Sunspots Comics Mystery Box. Just follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go to iTunes, hit me up with a five-star review and a review, a little positive review, and you're automatically entered. The winner will be picked May 4th, 2016, so good luck. It's going to have a $100 value in it with a bunch of fun comic book stuff in it. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you had a good time with it. Go buy those comic books. Go to your local comic book shop. Tell them Chris Latore of Sunspots Comics sent you. They'll go, who? But anyway, it'll be fun for a chuckle. Anyway, here's a fun audio blurb that I like to stick here at the very end. And of course, tune in for all for a possible potential Easter egg. I love throwing those at you every so often. Or a sound blurb. Something. Whatever. But thanks. Have a good one. Peace out. Hello. My name's Forrest. Forrest Gump. Do you want a chocolate? I could eat about a million and a half of these. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get did you bad the hand of feature do you feel the need to talk about it You ought to laugh about it You should get a little braver Do yourself a favor Shout about it Sweet sour Sweet sour Sweet sour Pick up your Welcome, welcome, welcome to Fantasy Island <laughs> No the plane, boss. The plane. <laughs>